So welcome back to work. After the last long weekend for a while, there is a design failure in our year. When Queen's birthday happens in June, and then winter starts, and the next long weekend is Labour weekend in October. For your information, I counted it up, that's 21 weeks away. Nearly half a year, through the coldest and the most brutal weather, 21 weeks 147 long days before you get another long weekend. The whole thing's ridiculous. Now, if you cast your mind back, you may remember I wasn't here on Friday. It's because Helen and I have reached that age where things fall off and need to be stuck back on again, so we were away having what they like to call a procedure, which also meant that we took the long weekend real easy as we recovered with a slow staycation, and I have to say it was glorious. I listened to no radio on Friday, in fact, I watched and listened to no radio or TV the entire weekend long. And after last week's horror show featuring allegations of rape, hacking and cover-ups in the political world, frankly, it was a relief. I didn't hear the yapping of the commentariat about the strengths and the failings of this budget. I didn't hear the wailing, wailing, wailing of those who think this country is on a one-way descent into economic failure. I didn't hear the kumbaya crowd hailing the first so-called well-being budget. I heard none of that. We walked the dog on beaches and heard the lapping of the sea and the call of seabirds and the laughter of children. I watched TV, yes, though. I watched Liverpool win. The junior all-whites come oh so close. The Black Caps destroy Sri Lanka. The French Open, the end of the Giro d'Italia, and two episodes in a row of what we do in the shadows, which was really good. And we ate a fish curry. We ate some lamb caps. And we also had a beautiful chicken So pasta. Basically... We just shut ourselves up, decompressed, and we cheered up, which was needed because last week depressed me greatly. Not just, you know, the worry about visiting a surgeon, but, you know, that deplorable behavior of all of our politicians. So now that I'm back after a holiday, I better get stuck into serious stuff. And it brings me all the way back to the budget just briefly. It was just another budget whose saving grace was only one thing, the investment in mental health, something we have ignored for too long. The way I feel today after a good weekend is proof that good mental well-being is good for economic progress. In fact, uh, this weekend I did read the uh, 2016 Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Psychiatrists report an investigation into the cost of mental health in both our countries. Listen to this. In New Zealand, the cost to the economy due to the burden of mental illness is about $17 billion a year. That is 7.2% of GDP. That's if you include opioid dependence. Take that out. The cost is still $12 billion, or 5% of GDP. So this is the cost of lost productivity. This is the cost of treatment. This is the cost of you know, security. This is the cost of all sorts of things. They estimated that for every dollar invested... In mental illness, you're going to get $2.30 back. So here's the thing from this budget. Based on what we spent, what was it, $1.9 billion? That means a $4.4 billion return based on the budget announcement of helping mental illness. And here's the thing. Happy workers are harder workers. So I think all of that is quite a good repast to all those who thought the budget was a bit too touchy-feely and lacked a financial focus 
I'm hoping it works. I'm hoping we see the benefit a $4.4 billion return from $1.9 billion spent. Now, how about having another long weekend? Perhaps one in August. 